Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran, and I'm the host of this here podcast. And I am so excited today because I've been looking forward to this conversation, and it's been on my brain, on my calendar for a while now. I'm just so excited about it. So I, uh, I'm going to dive into it as quickly as I can, but I definitely want to talk to you about my man Tolga over at Canopy Connect and what a great job they do at getting those deck pages that you need to get a quote. And, and they're doing so many cool things and they've got some big announcements they're going to be making soon. Stay tuned for some of that. Look for my man Tolga. Go to usecanopy.com and mention my name and you'll get a discount. You can schedule a demo. Uh, you can uh, do a lot of cool stuff on that platform. It's Canopy Connect. And uh, you can also go to app.usecanopy.com backslash Heath. And you can, uh, like I said, get that discount as well. Uh, today's show, I have got Daniel Sung from Great Park Insurance in uh, California. And this guy has got one heck of a story. And he has done so many awesome things. And to hear where he's come from and where he is today, you're going to be blown away. I was. I love it. I cannot wait for you to check it out. So I'm going to get out of the way. Without further ado, my main man, Daniel Sung. Daniel Sung, how you doing, my man? I'm doing well, Heath. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Man, I am. I've been looking forward to this conversation as I've heard so much about you and I've followed you quite a bit uh, over the last year or so and you post so many cool things I want to get into and just your leadership. I, I just love it. So I can't wait to get into it. And because I'm so excited, I want my uh, my audience to know why I'm excited. So I want you to start in the beginning. I mean, like all the way to the beginning, like birth beginning and lead me up <laughs> to where we are now. Uh, I, I just I can't wait to hear this again. You got it. You got it. So I was uh, turned 41 uh, this past year. So 1979, I was born in Korea. And, um, you know, when I tell my kids the story, they don't believe it, but I literally was born on a pig farm. We had a little village. Um, our room was probably not as bigger than this conference room here. And you know, during the day, it would be our living room and dining room. And at night, we would put the table away and it would, we would roll out the bed, right, and the blankets, and it would be our, our bedroom. So in 1984, my dad brought us here to, the, to America. And, uh, and really just kind of, you know, wanted to ultimately have that American dream. So I grew up in uh, Burbank, California, and I was never, I was never the school kid. You know, I'm, I, I tell everybody this, but I am not the smartest person in the room. So in, during high school, we just, my brother and I, we decided to go and join the, the Marine Corps. So we did that for four years. Best thing I ever did in my life. I learned so much. Now, I've never been away from home. My parents were just busy making a living. So for the first time, graduated high school in the middle of June. A week later, I was on the bus. And then a couple months later after boot camp, I went. my first duty station was Okinawa, Japan. Uh, thousands of miles away from home. I was 18 or 19 years old really just completely out of my comfort zone. Uh, and then the last three years, uh, that's where I went to uh, Miramar, San Diego. And that's where I really met my wife. She's not military, but her family was down there. So uh, did that, went to school afterwards, uh, went to USC. Uh, and then I, we got married just out of the blue. We said, you know what, let's, let's, uh, let's take the next step in our relationship. So we got married. And I, I was probably, what, 23, 24 years old. And I thought I was a man, you know, I'm, I'm married now. I need to provide a living. 
So I, I got a part-time job while I was going to school and it was at a mortgage company. And this is right at the sweet spot of the boom. So I, within five minutes of me ever having a real job, I, I walk in and the guy puts me on the phone and says, you know what, start selling mortgages. So I just did it. I, and the best thing about it was, was that I didn't know what I didn't know. So I just started getting on the phone and just having conversations. And I realized, hey, I was pretty good at this. I could make some money doing this. And part time, I was making a lot of money. So my wife and I, we had this bright idea of, hey, we should open our own mortgage company. So we did. Um, and it was good. Um, Heath, man, I was a 24, 25 year old kid making a couple hundred thousand a month. It was unbelievable, right? But a month? A month. A month. Wow. Yeah. Now, you know, and now I, I, I say that because we lost it all, but you know, it was just, we were just having a time of our lives. Right. But also look at my background, not coming from money. I didn't know how to handle it. Right. So around 07 ish, you know, we lost everything, everything. Um, I moved so many times that I couldn't even keep track of our address anymore. Right. <laughs> and, um, we lost all of our homes all of our cars. Um, Is this got, just due to the, the, the mortgage crash, the industry, it, it hold, the, the housing thing? Is that what happened? And you just... that That's what happened. That's what happened. You had to close your doors or you were able to sell it off or... We, we shut it down. We shut it down and we walked away. Hundreds of thousands a month to nothing overnight. Overnight. You know, and, and I didn't do hundreds of thousands every month, right? I think our best month was a couple hundred thousand, right? Um, but, you know, I, I, we weren't this, the big banks where they could sustain a couple years of losses. No way, right? A month or two and we're done. So, and that's when I really made a decision to get into the mortgage or insurance industry. My wife and I, we were just, we didn't know we were lost. Um, so I researched it and researched it. Um, we had no money. We filed bankruptcy. And I, I kid you not, it, I remember this night even still. Uh, we had, I had $200 in my pocket, on my right pocket, $200. And that was all the money we had. Um, we sold everything we can sell. We borrowed everything we can borrow. And I, I remember, I always tell this story, but uh, we would cry together. Uh, we would pray together. And there, there, but, but we said, you know what? We're not making any money now. And, and getting into the PNC business, right? The worst times is when you have a single income, um, you know, you have kids, right? And you have no money saved because it takes a while. It takes a couple of years, right? But we planted our flag and we said, this is what I want to do. I didn't know a single soul in the insurance business. Um, but I said, you know what? This renewal thing kind of seems cool. And I wanted stability. I, I didn't, I was raising a family. I didn't want to do this roller coaster anymore, right? I wanted stability. That was more important than anything else. So we said, okay, let's do it. So I, I worked uh, two, three jobs during the day. I'm sorry, I would do insurance during the day. I would come home around 6 p.m. My wife would feed me dinner. I would take a nap. Um, at 10 p.m., she would wake me up and say, you got to go, right? Because I, I would drive to my graveyard shift. 11 p.m. to 7.30 a.m., I would work at a home alarm company. So if, you, if your alarm goes off in the middle of the night, you get that dispatch phone call. I was that person from 11 p.m. to 7.30 a.m. I would get off at 7.30 I would get on that freeway, go home, take a shower, eat breakfast, and then I would go build the PNC book. So living, the, living off of two hours of sleep or so daily for how long? Gosh, you know that it was probably about four months where I did that schedule. Wow! And, and but but that, it, it got us out of it, right? Yeah. Um, and, wow. and then, and then I remember, um, you know, 
literally the thing the blessing now that i think about it was that i truly had to sell a policy for us to eat i i really did so that it was a lot of pressure but that's i think that was the secret sauce in a way i i had no other options right if i don't feed my kids who's gonna feed them right so i i remember sometimes you know my kids would have birthdays uh, we would celebrate right but but they were so young they didn't know the difference so we would take them to the local mall and sub the subway is still there heath we we go we still go to it um we would get a foot long five dollar foot long and we oh, yeah. would cut it cut it in fours right and each kid would have a a, a quarter and they thought it was the best thing in the world because we would let them play around in the grass area on the playground but they didn't know any different right right right, right? um and then there's, there's just a couple points in your life where you know wow this is this this changed the course of my life one of those things was uh, you know we were on food stamps um, they, out here they call it the WIC program yeah they, um, my my wife so she, and I was so embarrassed I never went to the grocery store with her right because I had such an ego and I couldn't provide for my family so she goes to the grocery store and um, she's in line paying for it with, with food, food stamps and a friend of ours is in right behind her. Uh, so she comes home and tells me this. I said, did you just did you just say you had to go to the car and just leave? Right? I said, I, God, please tell me you didn't pay for the food with food stamps. So she said, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I absolutely paid with food stamps. And I was upset, you know, because I didn't want other people thinking that I wasn't providing. But I, I still remember this down to the down to the last word. She says, you know, this isn't where we're this isn't where we are or who we are. It's just something that we're going through. And when she said that, it was an aha moment for me to yeah. not hide behind our situation, right? But to be proud of it. Now, I think what she was telling me was work, get your butt to work, right? But but <laughs> right. she was but she was saying you know, I believe in you. I trust you to get us out of this. And that's one thing that is very powerful, right? I, I, t I told her, I said, because we got married young, man. I was 20, I was 24. She was 23. We didn't, we didn't finish school. Our parents, you know, they didn't really say it, but I know what they were thinking, right? And then my daughter is 15, my oldest daughter. And to think in five years from now, she's going to meet her husband is crazy to me. But, but when I, when I married her, I told her, you got to just follow me. I'll give you everything you want in life. Just follow me. And that's a promise that we all need to kind of go back to as, as, as spouses. I, I think, I think there's something there, right? Um, but no, I, I, I still I completely agree. Day. We're going to get there. I trust you. I believe in you. This is not who we are really kind of was that jumping off place for you to say, okay, my wife's got my back. You know, I, I can do this. Is that the place where, you got to where you stopped the um, graveyard shift, or were you still doing graveyard shift for a little while after that? That's I, that's actually when I picked up that graveyard shift. Okay, so that's when you said, "Okay, I got to you know continue to do this, but I've also got to provide while I'm growing this book." Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and I, think, I, I think at the graveyard shift, I was making whatever minimum wage was. Right. Right. It wasn't but like it was, you were killing it there. Right. But it at least put food on the table. Right. And I think it's incredible to hear that because I think it's important not to interrupt your story because I want to keep going. But for agents that are listening to this, and I've been this agent before twice, it, they say it takes a good two to three years to really get your agency off the ground and get going. And I know there's agencies out there either right now listening or they've already done this. They quit or they gave up. 
or they decided I can't make it, I can't do this. But to hear your story, hopefully, is going to motivate that person listening right now because I was there just two and a half years ago. Um, I got to that place where I was two or three years in. And if I had just stuck with it, I'd have been over that hump and I would have made it. I would have been there, but uh, I didn't. And I'm not ashamed of that anymore. Like you said a minute ago, you know, God had a different plan for me in my life. But there's other agents that are listening to this right now that, that want to give up. And listen to Daniel as he says, don't, keep going. And, and the best advice I can give, right, is we can always do more. Yeah. You can, you can always do more as a salesperson, as an agency owner, as a father, brother, husband. You can always do more. The first five years of the, me in the business, I took seven days off. Five of them were for Christmas. Oh, wow. Right? My, my wife would go to, we, and then we had our fifth kid, and my wife would go to church, and everybody was just wondering, she's a single mom with five kids. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right? Cause I, didn't, I didn't go to the football games. I didn't go to the birthday parties. I didn't hang out with my friends Friday night. I had a clear focus and path of where I wanted to go, and this was how I was going to get there. And, and you it, knew it was only temporary. Exactly. Exactly. And, and see, I'm, I'm so happy you mentioned that because people think it's forever. It's, it's not. It's not. You, you got to put in about five years of, of tenacious focus tenacious right be tenacious with your personal activity to get it off the ground tenacious but be patient with the results you I'll can't control you, the results you can control exactly, your personal activity you're exactly right and something that you posted that i wanted to, to to bring up right now again i follow you on social is you posted just because you're struggling doesn't mean you're failing and i think that's crucial right now in what you're what you're talking about yeah uh, and and if I could go back, so again, so I didn't know a single soul. So I didn't know what a cluster was. I didn't know if I could go back. And and for everybody who's listening, who are who's just starting out, or even thinking getting of getting into the business, or just you're you're at a plateau in your business, find a mentor. Find a mentor. There's so many great mentors out there who is just willing to help. Um, and you know, it doesn't have to be a paid service or anything, but just find a buddy, find somebody out there who you look up to and who, who, who you feel is doing the right things. Um, but also you have to be careful with social, right? I, I always tell people, um, I said, look, you know, social makes us look a lot better than we really are. Everybody's <laughs> you know? highlight reel. Exactly. Right. Um, I walked in this morning and we had a huge thing over the weekend that happened where it shouldn't have. So we had a meeting about that, right? So it's not always, um, you know, it's not always blue skies and shiny roads, but you deal with it, right? Being an agency owner or being in sales, it's, it's, it, it's never a straight path to success. There's no such thing as perfect. And that's, that's one of the things I, I wish I can get through to or have better explained because people think it's so easy, right? But success and leadership is, is, is gifted to people who take on that responsibility, right? So to be a leader, to be successful, you have to have failed that many more times. But the difference is, is that person kept going, right? You kept going, you never quit. And with that, we look at it as that. We, know, we, we do not get excited about the next sale or the next review that comes into the office. We just don't. Why? Because we know it's not the end all. We're just focused now, what's the next one? The next one. The most important sale of your life is the next one. You know, I don't care. We're, we're supposed to, one of, one of our agents is supposed to be close his, one of his biggest accounts here today. I'm, I'm already talking to him about, okay, well, what's the next one after that? You know, what do we have going on, right? What's, what, what, what is your, what does the rest of the 26 days look like for the month? Uh, December supposedly is a slow month, right? I tell people, listen, Christmas is one day. Right. 
what are you going to do the other 30 days, right? Do not, do not put that in your head that it's the holidays and we can drop our pack. Drop your pack for a day or two. No problem. Spend the time with the family. Get away. You know, have that recharge, right? But we, we, so we pushed for the first two weeks, but December, we just closed out having one of our best months of the year, right? But it's the mindset. But the mindset is created by the leader, and you, but also the leader has to have enough, they have to have enough, um, I guess, wherewithal to, to communicate that message to the team as well, as, right? So I just think leadership is so important. And, and folks, everybody's a leader, right? Even if you're not the manager or the team leader or the agency owner, right? You're leading your family, right? Actions speak louder than words. So believe it or not, there's people looking at you right for leadership and i just like the great mike strom so always says everyone's silently waiting to be led and i really do believe that yeah i agree and i tell my kids i even told them this morning actually on the way to school as they're going back to school for the first time in two weeks um you're making an impact every day you know whether it's a good one or a bad one you're making an impact and that goes for agents that goes for kids that goes for grandparents whatever it may be you're every day making some sort of impact it's just a matter of which impact you want to make Absolutely. Excuse me. So, you know, continuing on with your story. So from the grave shift uh, during night and the the daytime running the agency, once you finally got over that hump and you started full time in the agency, what was what was the beginning like for you? You didn't know anybody. Were you cold calling, knocking doors? Were you buying leads? Were you working on reviews? I know, you know, you've talked to me about Yelp a little bit. Talk to me about what the beginning looked like as you're getting started. Yeah, yeah, great question. So, you know, gosh, we didn't have any money in the very beginning. So we didn't buy leads or we didn't, you know, I built the agency through referrals, really. And and my first year in the business, or actually up, up to about five or six years of, of my first um, couple of years there, I ran my whole business from my house, from my cell phone. I remember we were driving up to San Francisco uh, one, one day uh, on, uh, on my first vacation and an evidence of insurance request came in from a mortgage company. I pulled over, got on my laptop and sent that out, right? When we would go on vacation, I would put an out of office reply saying that, hey, I'm in a meeting right now, but please give me about an hour or so to respond. So really, I didn't buy any leech. It was all referrals. And the, the only thing that I can control, I just wanted everybody in my circle, in my life to know that I was in insurance. And I knew at, at, at one point they would reach out to me. Um, but that's the only thing that we can control, right? But then I was working the other jobs and things. Um, but yeah, that, 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 that was it. But, but no, nothing. And, and then Yelp kind of started. And back then, it wasn't as big as it is now. But I thought, okay, you know what? We'll just doesn't so this matter. was two thousand nine, two thousand ten, somewhere in there. Yeah, uh, probably two thousand eleven ish. Okay, eleven, twelve ish, so, right? Yeah, you know, Yelp was kind of the first one to pioneer the review thing, right. and so you guys kind of got in there. And that, how did you start that process? Because I know you're the highest rated agency on Yelp in the country, correct? Correct. So. That's a huge feat in itself. How did that? How did that come to be? How did that come to be? Well, it started picking up some momentum, right? And and the thing about Yelp is, they they filter, right? Because they don't want you they don't want your one review for, to be from your mom, right? They want it to be authentic, right? So uh, I think we just passed five hundred twenty three Yelp reviews. Uh, we have Congrats. just thank you. We have just under three hundred filtered reviews 
meaning they're legitimate reviews, but they don't show up for whatever reason. It helps algorithms. They don't like it. So for whatever reason, but you know, it's we with even with Yelp, it's a great life lesson because we I remember one Friday we went into the weekend with, let's say, 460 reviews. We got a couple over the weekend. So I'm walking in Monday morning thinking, all right, plus three. So we go in with 460. We got we got gut punched and we went down to like 420. Even though we got more reviews, we went down. So Yelp did this filtering thing. So we went down by about 40 reviews. But you know what? Who cares? Because why? What's the most important review? The next one. The very next, the next one. And the next one. Right? So we do not get too excited. We don't get too bummed out. Now, I tell you this. There's other agencies in California who also got affected. Right? And I monitor this. They never recovered. They never recovered. Right? That was such a big blow in their mind. That they never, re- oh, well, what's the point of getting reviews if they're just going to filter it, right? So we have 300 filter reviews. So I told the team, hey, listen, let's get to 600 filter reviews because that just means we'll probably break a thousand. That show, all right? So a lot of people ask me, well, Daniel, do you pay for Yelp, right? I have never paid for Yelp up until about three months ago. And the, and the strategy with that is now, um, so when you pay Yelp, you don't pay for reviews, now we're just paying for exposure, more territory, right? So if we only are viewed within 10 miles of where we are, I want that to be 30 miles. Why? Because if somebody views us on Yelp, if, if they see us, they're going to call us. We get calls every day from people who find us on Yelp. So we're paying for exposure now. And Yelp is, we, we get a lot of calls daily from Yelp, but but the, it takes time. So Now, with your staff, and as you're growing this Yelp thing, uh, and your Yelp reviews are growing in the beginning stages. Was that something you intentionally had your staff ask for, or did you ask for? What was the process to getting those reviews? Did you have a process or an intention behind that? We we did. We we were laser focused on it, and up until 350 reviews or so, it was all me, because it was all by myself for about you know five six years. But every time, it was part of the onboarding. Every time they would, I would, I would help them with a with a policy. I always asked them. I always, always asked them. Um, and I probably didn't do a good job in the very beginning of asking them again if they didn't do it. But I would, I was just that guy. I was like their dream agent. Where if if it took me three minutes to reply to your email, it was too long, right? So I teach all the basics, right? Communication, communication, communication. So and 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 living off my cell phone, right? It was always with me. So even if I'm watching TV with the kids Sunday night at 8 p.m., I could easily respond to an email, right? And, and I, I noticed people really like that. Um, but then the last year we have automated it. And now obviously with the team, you know, there, there's just a lot more potential Yelp requests or review requests. But it, it, now if, you, if you ask me today, how is it? It is very much automated into our system. Okay, and so um, does that translate now into Facebook reviews, Google reviews, any other platform for reviews? Or are you strictly sticking with Yelp? Well, so we started about a year and a half ago with Google. We had one review. Now I think we have about 267 Google reviews. That's a, that's a big number. Um, and then with, with Facebook, not so much, not so much. But um, also what we did was uh, we use Infusionsoft. So we've, when, when somebody re- reviews us on one platform, we automate it 
so that the next ask to them is, hey, we noticed you, you reviewed us on Yelp. Would you mind reviewing us on Google? So it's all kind of automated now. So for one review, we might get two, three different platforms. And so I'm, I'm imagining that you use uh, and keep up with the data to know on a day-to-day basis how many uh, closed business accounts you get off of those reviews. Is that a staggering number? Is that a majority of your closed business from reviews? Or what does that look like in your agency? Sure, sure. We, we probably get on average about three to five Yelp calls a day, three to five. And our closing ratio on Yelp is pretty high. Um, it's it's probably right around 48%. Wow. Right 48%. That um, is huge, guys. Yeah. And then, and then also, uh, Heath, this is something great for your listeners too. Um, post photos on Yelp. If you go to our Yelp page, we have we have just under three thousand photos. So when three thousand photos, three thousand photos. But it's never of give us a call to save money on your auto insurance. It's always the team. I'm highlighting the team, the team, the team, our team lunches, our team meetings, our team wins, all the things I post on social, I upload it on Yelp as well. And and I see it. They're sitting, Sunday night, they're sitting on their couch watching TV and they're going through their phone. They're just mesmerized by all the photos. They're like, man, this, this office looks great, right? So when they walk in with, because they made an appointment, our, our office here is very colorful. So, and we put their name on the board. So, so that, that experience translates into the office experience, right? And then uh, they sit down in our conference room and then one of our team members will walk in. Sometimes it's me that walks in and just initiates the, the greeting. And they say, you're Daniel, you're everywhere, you know? And then we, lo- we advertise in the local markets and things like that. But it's, by the time they come into our office, it's a done deal. It, it really is a done deal. They, it's a, it, they're, they're already members. They just don't know it yet. So it's almost like a warm lead by the time they walk in because they've already spent time with you on Yelp or on Google or on whatever that platform may be. And you'll, you'll be shocked. The, the initial contact that they, when they reach out to us, they email us even their deck pages. Really? They read, they read all the reviews. We've had that. They read all the reviews. and the, But then also, here's the thing. When they go to the next agency on Yelp, they click, they have four, four reviews, they click it and they have two photos. One of it's, it's a, it's a picture of their outside building, right? It's very cold. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so we've, we really try to highlight the team and, um, and, and I'm not, I don't know SEO. I really don't, but I know uploading photos, having great reviews, it doesn't hurt. Right. Well, if you think about it, Let's take it down to even the the restaurant level. If you're going to search for a restaurant, you found a Yelp page on the restaurant and they don't have their menu or they have pictures of their food or if the pictures of their food look like crap, for lack of better words, you're not going to go eat there. But if you go to that restaurant that has beautiful looking food, even if it's not really what the food looks like, you know, you're still going to want to go to that restaurant. (laughs) And so what you're saying is by posting 3000 pictures of your agency, it just entices me. It works in the insurance space as well as what you're getting at. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I kind of took that mentality of if everybody's going, you know, left, let's go right. So, so there, a lot of people were uh, growing their Google reviews, which I think is great. Google is the big daddy. Right. So we started doing that, too. But there, there isn't an agency out there that's focused on Yelp because it's it's tough. It's tough. No, it is. It's got to be. 
And, you know, one of the things I loved about what you talk about with your focus on your pictures are not of you or of, you know, anything that has to do with necessarily you. It's more highlighting the team. And I see that a lot. In fact, I saw a video that you posted. Oh, it's probably last week. Um, you were just sitting in a chair. Very simple video, but it's very powerful and impactful. Just about your culture and about your team. Um, I guess, you know, could you go into that a little bit more? what that video was, what that meant. You can find that video on Facebook or LinkedIn, guys, if you're listening. I think it was the very last day of December in 2020, no matter when you're listening to this now. You go back and find that video, as we were talking about. The beautiful thing of social is it's always there. Right. <laughs> you right. know, Daniel and I talked about that earlier. But uh, talk to me about that video a little bit, what that meant to you. That was a very powerful video. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, as, as important as our members are, and we call them our policyholders, we call them members. But... The team is the most important. Um, and growing up, I always knew business to be somewhat cold. And, and being in the Marine Corps, right? Like you're just you just do it as you're told, right? You don't ask. You don't know what time. You just just get there at that time, right? There's a saying: hurry up and wait, right? You get there quick, so you just wait around, right? Um, so it was always it was always a, a, a dominant position that I, I I thought a boss or a team leader was. And I just I just never wanted that. I, I, I wanted the, the team to feel as if I was also a team member that they can share with. Um, and, and if you if you see our office, I am the only one that doesn't have a private office. Um, I am literally out in the pit just by myself, right? But by being there, I get to have a real good um, temperature of the office and people are yelling out to me questions. And so, but also one of the great things is, is that when I'm coaching somebody at my desk, I'm not just coaching them. Everybody hears me. So I coach everybody else at the same time. Very transparent. Um, Exactly. Right. And, and, and some people are kind of, oh, I'm scared that people are going to see my screen. Uh, I'm scared that, you know, my conversations, but I'm, I'm, when I need to do a podcast, I come into the conference room, right? And we have, I have some privacy here, but I, the team is important. And I like to get to know my people outside of the office. You have to do that. If you just spend time with people inside the office, well, really you're not spending time, but I like to find out what their goals are. Um, you know, how's, how's your family life? How's your parents, right? We have one gentleman, he's Turkish and his parents are in uh, Turkey, but they come visit here. I'm always asking, Hey, how are they doing? You know, I saw that they went on vacation. Where do they go? Please tell them I said, hello. Um, you have to get to know your people because it's a completely different conversation that I have with them at dinner one-on-one. Uh, and we, we never, we never talk business. We never talk business. We just talk about life and kind of what they're going through outside of the office. But I also know exactly what their goals are for this year, for this month. And if you are not performing, right? If you're not performing to your potential because you're just not trying and you're not consistent, consistency is something that we have total control of, right? So if you're not hitting your goals, but you told me what they were, you're leaving early. Um, there's a, you know, there's 10 quotes that you need to send out, but you're not sending. We have a different type of conversation, but because of the relationship that I have, right? They know I'm coming from a good place. They know that I care. They know that I love them, right? They know that I want them to succeed. So it really is a coach relationship. And I told everybody, my, on, we have Slack. And for the longest time, my nickname on Slack was Waterboy, right? Because I told them, hey, you guys are my starters. You know, you guys are the starters. 
I'm the water boy. Tell me what you need. I'll support you 100%. We want to lift you up, right? Um, so that's kind of the mindset here. And everybody knows it too. Everybody knows it. So, But they feel warm. They feel welcome. They feel as if they matter. They're not just a number and they know it. Yeah, yeah I think that that also makes it easier to motivate that staff when, you know, because most people think that you can only motivate staff by more money or by, you know, bigger bonuses or a larger salary. But once you get to know them on that, you know, level, you can more decide how to motivate them with other forms of motivation, other forms of encouragement. I'm sure you've seen that throughout your however many years of having a staff and you're up to 12, 13 people now, or is it more than that now? We, we were. We were at about 14. Um, we, we made some changes, so right now we're at about 10. Okay. But, um, but of those 10, you probably feel like y'all are a close-knit, you know them, and you know how to motivate each one of those people. Am I right? I know everybody's spouse's names, their kids' names. We're very, very close, very, very tight. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Now, you also mentioned something that's interesting to me. A lot of agencies I, I visit with on a daily basis or consult with, they have annual goals or maybe even quarterly. But you just mentioned you break it down to monthly and you probably even break it down further than that. Um, talk to me a little bit about, especially going into a new year, what does that look like in your office with your staff? Right. You know, I just, I, I really dislike New Year's goals, right? Because it just, it gives you, it's kind of like starting something on Monday, but it's just, I, I never liked the mindset of that but so we do have annual goals we have monthly goals the however the only thing that we focus on is today's goals if you hit today's goals the month the year it'll take care of itself right so we're very very focused on today's goals and getting what we need to get done today now we do see 10 miles down the road but we're focused on today that that goes back to the next one the next one, the next one. It just goes back to that mentality. Uh, and, and I love that mentality. And I think that's fantastic, even though, um, and you don't have to share numbers, but you are not a small agency anymore. Um, you're much larger than you were, obviously, in 2010 or 11. But yet you still have that grind mentality of each cell is important on to the next one. Uh, I think that's really cool that you have that. Yeah. And, you know, so my first year in business when I was building my book, um, without any marketing, working the other jobs, I did about 20,000 a month on average, 20,000 premium. So my first year, the book was 240,000. And then it grew and it grew and it grew, you know, but slowly, right? Um, and then once I started building a team about three years ago, that's really when it took off. So again, we're not a huge agency. Right now, our total book size is about 7 million. Um, but I'm just, I'm pumped up to see where that, the next three years is gonna be. Yeah. Because I think we're gonna, double that in the next three years or so. Um, but, but yeah, I, I lost my train of thought there for a second. No, you're, you're fine. Um, you know, we were just talking about your, the grind. We were talking about goals. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, something. You, oh, okay. Yes. So you mentioned about, it seems like I'm still getting after it. And it's my year. You know, you know what it is? You know what it is? Um, I, I bind, if I bind an auto home package, right. I get, I, I sincerely get pumped up. Right, I get excited. So the team says, "Dude, what's like? Why are you so excited? Like after all these years, why are you so excited?" Right? Because it's not just about the one or two policies. It's 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 about winning, right? I put all my efforts into this, and I got the outcome that I wanted to get. It's it's about it's about being consistent. 
it, it's about it's about being an example, right? So we have a we have a few new team members here, but I they haven't seen me the last ten years, right? So I have to still bring my A game because if they see me now getting after it, what excuse do they have, right? If if they say Daniel, oh it's December, uh, uh, I sold two policies, and I here I am selling forty. 50 they can't give me that excuse they cannot so it's leading by the leading in the front right but also i will work on a weekend to clear my plate for monday this also goes back to leadership i will put in the extra hours over the weekend so that i can have an empty desk so i can be here for you on monday morning because you're going to need my attention and i don't want to say hey look I, i can't help you right now i got some things to do so to be available for you, for the team, to lead the team in a proper way, which I think it should, they should be led, I clear my plate. But that's part of leadership, right? Something so simple as working a little bit of overtime over the weekend to, to be there for them. But, it, man, I told my wife, I, for the next five years, I'm just going to be a maniac. And in the next 10, 20 years, we can relax. I've been saying the next five years, probably the last 10 years. <laughs> that goes back to that old saying of, I'll quit tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. You wake up every day and say, oh, I'll quit tomorrow. You know, I love that five years down the road, you're still saying that because it goes back to what I was talking to my kids about is that making you're making that impact and you're leading by example every day, Daniel, and your, your staff sees that and you recognize that. And there's a lot of agencies that you know of, that I know of, that sit back, put their feet up on their desk after about 10 years. And they can do that. That's fine. But that's not Daniel's mentality. Not at all. And it never was. I always focused on new business. I never, never was concerned about the renewals. They'll take care of itself. And in fact, getting into the business, I was scared my 13th month. So I didn't know if this renewal thing was for real. You know, and then the 13th month, I said, oh, shoot, I got my renewals for the first time. Right. But I, I always focused on new business. And that's what we do today, too. We just always, always, always focus on new business. Now, we have account managers who service and who take care of the renewals. Right. But let them take care of it. I just want to bring it in. I believe salespeople are king. Heath. Salespeople are king in any organization. Right. Because you've got to bring in the business. And with that mindset, I try to teach it every day. Um, and, and believe me, not everybody is on board. And that, but that's OK because I, I sniff them out real quick, right? The only requirement that I have, and I tell everybody when they come into the into the agency is, you just gotta be consistent, respectful, and disciplined. Showing up every single day is huge. And showing up is 50% of winning, 50% yep. of winning. When we schedule interviews to hire, we'll schedule 10 interviews, seven of them won't show up, but they just confirm yesterday that they're gonna show up today. And seven of them won't show up, right? Consistency right. is key. and Again, I am not that smart, but I'm just so consistent in all of the little things that I do, but all the little things that seem so insignificant throughout time, just build and build and build and build and build. Um, I am not, I don't like taking pictures of myself. I am not a big picture person. So before we really made a decision to get into social media, um, you won't find a single picture of me. It's always just about my kids and them doing things. But once I made that commitment, it was uncomfortable for a little while, right? But now I just, that's where my brain goes. It's always marketing, right? It's always marketing, you know? Um, but I sincerely enjoy it too. And I believe you have to sincerely enjoy it. You have to sincerely enjoy leading and being an example because 
it's lonely at the top in yeah. any organization or in life. It's lonely at the top. So I've never called out sick in my life. I don't know what that, I don't know what the process is to call out sick right now. Have I had some tough days where I don't feel so well? Yes. Right. But the team is here. Then that means I'm here. Right. So in, in my, in my 10 or 20 years of working, right. I've never called out sick because I know the value of consistency and leading from the front. Now, you talk about, you know, and, and I love the humility in not being the smartest person in the room. And I'm going to rewind back to something you said earlier that I've taken notes on is, you know, finding a mentor. And you and I have several friends in common. Um, and I, I know some of those could be uh, a mentor to you. And I'm wondering, who, is there someone in your life that you consider not to leave anybody out or to call anybody out? But is there anybody in your life you consider a mentor, someone you go to? Is there someone you talk to? Gosh, there's there's so many there's so many people that you and I both know. Um, now, I, I made a post earlier this morning about taking notes, right? And and yeah. even going to seminars and things, yeah. right? Exactly, right? Um, because there's, there, you know, at, at your age and my age right now, Heath, it's very it's it's unlikely that we're going to hear something new that we've never heard before. It's unlikely, right? However, just by this person saying it a different way. Or, the, or their tonality or their background or their culture or just the environment that you're in, it, it hits you differently, right? So and I have a clear example, Chris Paradiso. He doesn't know this, right? Um, very good friend of mine. I went to his event in San Antonio back two years ago. And it was a seminar when, before I went to it, I was on the plane. I said, okay, let's just get through these couple of days. All right, because I know what he's gonna talk about. That, when I came back from that event, I made a decision to say, you know what? I'm going to post every day. I'm going to be consistent with it. And I'm going to get our Google reviews up just like our Yelp reviews. That one event, couple days, there's nothing that I heard differently or there's nothing new that I heard that weekend. However, it just hit me differently. Right. right? So Chris is a great friend of mine. Mike Stromso is a great friend of mine, right? There's um, a Mike Stromso's event. I went back in 2014 for the first time. And I, and I haven't been back since last year. And I regret it so much, but I was just working in the business, right? Um, and it's an it's a annual commitment that I have to myself to always go. But those two are, are absolutely um, some of the people that I look up to. In, in, in the yeah, I, I think it also goes back to another thing that, you know, hit around the, the mentorship is just surrounding yourself with people so smarter than you, so to speak, or that inspire you or someone that you somewhat look up to. And I try to do the same thing. I feel the same way you do, not the smartest guy in the room. Um, and, you know, you have to surround yourself with those people that you look to, that you pay attention to, that you take notes from, so to speak. And I've got two or three pages of notes here, uh, you know, that since you and I've been talking. Uh, and I really appreciate that. Um, before we do wrap up, i got two or three more questions um, that i got to get into. Okay, so... Real quickly, um, just so the listeners will know, and I, I'm dying to know, I've seen the videos. Again, go to his Facebook, go to his LinkedIn. He shows there's videos of the office and whatnot. If you were to peel back the curtain a little bit, what does the office look like? I know, you know, the, you have account managers, producers, CSRs. What does that look like? Because I, I know you talk a lot about new business, but I know retention is important to every agent. Uh, what, what, is it, what does your staff look like? What's the office look like? And what's those roles? So we have the agency manager who um, who is Yesenia, and then we have two designated account managers who help with servicing, and then we have 
one, two, three, four, four, five inside sales. The two of them are commercial, three of them are personal lines, and then we have one outside sales agent. And what is your breakdown of commercial to personal? We have been very much personal lines heavy, and I would probably say we're, we're probably 90 six percent personal okay um the, we 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 did bring in a commercial agent here the 90 days ago and um this guy is just a stud right he's he's a, he's he, he he's binding and he's so we're really looking to grow the, the commercial book will definitely grow next year but also the personalized book is growing as well but uh, we do have a designated commercial agent now and we brought our second one slash personal and commercial and so the inside sales reps, uh, so to speak, they take care of phone calls and the outside people are bringing in their own. Is that how that works? Uh, yes. Yes. So the, the inside sales are, are they're, they're the ones getting the phone transfers. You know, if people get referred to us, if they found us online or if it's if it's a lead, let's say we purchase. Um, and then the outside, the one outside sales agent is responsible. He does a lot of the marketing himself. Okay. Uh, just, I, I just was fascinated as you keep telling the, about the agency and your team. And I've seen stuff on Facebook, uh, and on any social platform that you're on. Uh, I do love the transparency you have and your office is bright. Okay. Now to some, some more questions I've got. Talk to me a little bit about the hot air balloon. Yeah. Yeah. So our, so I live in Irvine and within Irvine, I live in the great park community. It's a, it's a new development area. And in Orange County, you know, they, it's a, it's this huge orange balloon that you can actually ride up and see the horizon, but it's right in the dead center of great park in um, the community. So I live in here. I've been here the last 16 years. So we named it great park insurance because we want to be in the great park community on Great Park Boulevard, but that's because of our community. That's where I got the uh, the, the balloon. Okay, but so but right, right now there 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 aren't any new commercial buildings that we can get into because it's a new developing area. Part of it's a new part of Irvine, so that's why we're kind of not in there right now. We were in Irvine, but just not there. But in a couple of years, uh, we're gonna move Great Park Insurance in the Great Park community on Great Park Boulevard. Oh, that's cool. That's that's goal setting right there. Talk about branding, right? Talk about SEO, right? <laughs> yes. You know, that would be huge. And I think that would be fantastic. So that's where the hot air balloon comes from on your logo. And all the orange around the office, is that like your favorite color? Is it because of a symbol of uh, Orange County? What What is the orange? I see it, bright orange everywhere. Yeah, you do. Yeah, it's, it's Orange County and the orange balloon. Okay. Yeah. Okay, simple. Simple but, enough. But... But I went so detailed in this. Even our carpet has orange lines. I've noticed. You know, it's it's, it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely noticed that. And so uh, I think that's fascinating. I loved hearing your story. And again, we could have probably parked it there for a good uh, I don't know 30, 45 minutes just on your bringing up and your story. But I, I just wanted to dive into some other stuff today, and so I appreciate it. And we may have to bring you back in just to visit some more. But um, what I like to do, and if you've listened to some of my shows, which you, you know, I know you have, uh, I would like to take a few minutes to where, um, you know, I'm going to give you the keys to the town for a minute. And just I'm going to be quiet and just let you, if there's anything on your mind, anything you want to talk about, anything that uh, you want to inspire us, educate us, uh, lead us in any other direction, I'm going to mute myself and let you kind of take over the show for a few minutes. Oh, how cool. And very nice. Yeah. So... I, I, the best advice I can give people is to never quit. Um, 
there there are people looking at you as an example. Uh, there's always somebody watching, and you're you're affecting people's lives when you really don't realize it. And and it goes down to the time that you come into the office, to the time that you leave, the the words that you say to people, the phone calls that you do or don't make, right? Um, and if, for an example, right? Thanksgiving Day, the day before Thanksgiving, before we we head out and we, we go celebrate with our families, I call every single carrier rep that we have. A lot of times it goes to voicemail, but I'll leave a voicemail and say, Rick, you're just a really, you're an awesome guy and you don't, you, you probably don't realize how much you've helped us throughout the year. And I just wanted to say hi, wish you a wonderful Thanksgiving and to just thank you for everything that you've done for us. You don't, re- you cannot believe how many times I get a phone call back right away and just say, Daniel, you're the best. That phone, that phone call or voicemail meant everything to me, right? Because a lot of times the reps, you know, they get blamed for a lot of things, right? But they don't get, they don't get that thank you, or or just even teammates, right? When I say, hey, let's go to dinner tonight, you know, let's go hang out. Um, leadership is a privilege, and you're in that leadership position for a reason. So honor it. Um, it is you do have heavy shoulders, right? But you're there for a reason, and. Uh, I always wanted to treat everybody as if they were the only person in my life, right? And I don't get along with everybody. There's a lot of people who I don't get along with. But if you really, really think about it, even though you don't get along with them, they still have a mom who loves them. They have a dad who loves them, sisters, brothers, friends who think the world of them, right? So one thing that I always teach my kids is treat everybody with respect and dignity. But also at the end of the day, um, we are in a much better place now than I was seven years ago. Seven years ago, we went, we were on welfare, uh, and now we're not on welfare. But I always knew it was going to be up to me. There was never going to be outside resources to get me out of this. Carriers ask me all the time, "What more can we help you do, right, business?" I tell them, "What else can you do? Just provide the rate. That's it. Provide the policy. We'll take care of everything else, right?" But you can lie to everybody else. You can tell me that you're making the phone calls, you're working hard, you're talking to people. You can lie to everybody else. But at the end of the day, when you go home and you look in the mirror, you can't lie to yourself. And that's the one thing that I always, always, always wanted to make sure that I was proud of, is I, I wanna look in the mirror and say, today I did everything I possibly could. And that's really the one thing that I teach my kids. And I think everybody, everything else will, will fall into place. But um, you're going to struggle. You're going to have some hard days along with the wins. But remember, it's just one day. As a leader, never cry in front of your in front of your team. Never show weakness. I go home in the closet. I cry about five minutes and then I come out and I'm done. Right. So I always I love that word, that phrase. It's lonely at the top and it should be because you should be an example of what people are looking up to or looking to be. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I, I, I love your leadership. I love your story. I love what you talk about. And, and I think that I wish that there were more Daniel Sons out there, uh, it, but I'm glad there's only one. And I appreciate you, um, you know, coming on the show today, hanging out with us um, and inspiring and impacting my audience. And uh, I would love for people to be able to, to get in touch with you, reach out to you. I've mentioned your social media platform several times, but is there contact info you can you can give us a, a, a email address, uh, some way to contact you? 
Absolutely. Facebook is probably the best way, right? But also you can email Daniel at greatparkinsurance.com. Um, our phone number is 949-387-3242. And I, I love connecting with, with other people. Uh, the industry is so warm, so friendly, and there's so many people out there that just want to connect and just, um, there's people that come to the office all the time too. And uh, there's literally direct competitors that we have who come in and want to find out about how we're doing this Yelp thing. And I sit down with them and I share everything with them. And they're a little surprised by it. But Heath, you know what? With me sharing everything that we're doing, 99% of them walk out not doing anything with it, right? And that's so. The, yeah, that's the biggest thing about it. But also, you know, uh, even being a Christian, I still believe in karma. And I believe you do the right thing, you know, it's going to come back around to you. And so... Don't be afraid to collaborate. Don't be afraid to do those things. So I'm proud that you're not. And I think that's super cool. Um, yeah, I think it's part of, you know, I'm 40 myself, about to be 41 next, actually this month. So I think it's also the way we grew up maybe um, in, in that, that attitude maybe. But um, again, thank you so much for hanging out again today. Um, you know, I look forward to this one releasing and I look forward to hearing back all the good feedback I'm going to get from this show. Thank you so much again. Not, not and also, Heath, if I can say one thing, well, happy birthday. Um, oh, but but also, there are so many role models that I look up to in the industry who say amazing things about you, what you're doing, and your podcast. I love that you're the mayor. You know, I think that's just oh, so well, cool. Right? <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. So you thank are you. you are one of the pioneers in the industry. So I am truly honored that you reached out to me to be on the podcast because I think the industry needs more people like you, my friend. Oh, thank you so much. It's, uh, I'm honored to hear that from you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Let me hit this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out with us today in insurance town. Daniel and I had a great conversation, and I know that it left an impact on you, but I truly do hope that uh, the content that we brought made you a better insurance professional day, and I know it did, but I, it's, it's a goal of mine, and it's something that I want to use this platform for, is to further our industry and make you a better professional. Today's episode was recorded, produced and edited and all of that good stuff by my man Ryan over at Ready Set Podcast. Uh, you can check him out on uh, Facebook, Instagram, or go to GetReadySetPodcast.com. If you have an idea for your own show, or if you've got some thoughts in your head you want to get out, you know, holler at him, and he can help you make make you look better, make you look good, and get your podcast and your own brand out there. I, I really think it's smart. Um, so, Ready Set Podcast turning your brilliant idea into a reality. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you again next week. Oh, yeah.